Wow. Can we just pray again? That was, that was awesome. Just love that, love that song. Lord, <clears throat> love this phrase, let us experience your goodness. Let us become more aware of your presence in our life. And God, even maybe especially in the, the darkest places of our life where we, where we would think that we don't want you to be there, but instead we really need you to be there. Because in those places, you uh, give us freedom. And then we can uh, experience you in even a greater way. So God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for this church. Thank you for the opportunity to be in this place. Thank you that you can transform any space into a place of worship. And it's your presence that does that, God. And you, you let us be a part of that. And we're thankful for that. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. My name is Brady Testorf, and I am humbled to be the pastor of this church, and I say that, and I mean that, and it's an honor every time I get a chance to stand here with you today, and I just have a, I just want to confess something this morning before we get started, just kind of a, something that, I, that happened to me this morning. I just want to let this, I just want to get this out of the way, and I don't want you to judge me because of this, but some of you might. Um. I put a piece of cake in my protein shake this morning, and uh, I just needed to get that out there. I know it kind of defeats the purpose of being healthy, but man, was it good. But the cake had pineapple in it, so if that matters, I mean, there is some, <laughs> yeah, you're like got an amen right here in the front row. And, and then, but then the Lord immediately punished me for it because then it dripped down the front of my shirt as I was drinking it. Knowing right then I probably shouldn't have done that. So then I went into the bathroom and I, I got this cloth and I wiped it off. And then I got the blow dryer out to dry my shirt. And my and Emma, my daughter that was singing this morning, she was like, Dad, is that you? Why are you using the blow dryer? As if she thinks I don't have any need for a blow dryer. <laughs> Actually, the last time I used a blow dryer was in eighth grade. I remember trying to like get my hair to go back and stay back. That and some, some uh, what was that, uh, Pur that purple bottle of hairspray, aqua, no, that was Aquanet, it was a different color, but anyway, that was a long time ago, so that was my confession, Whew, I feel so much better, now I can move on. So last week we were talking about having, having some, uh, some conversations and, with people and listening and li listening to other people's stories and, and sharing your own story and, 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 and taking God's story and kind of blending it into all of that. And so I did, I did challenge you last week, if you're here, to look for an opportunity this week to sit down and listen to somebody else's story. Now, let's just, now here's some confession time for you. Did anybody have that opportunity this week? To sit down and have, listen to someone's story? Okay, we got a few. That's good. I, I, uh, I got stood up. I don't know if I said this last week, but I got stood up at McDonald's two times in one day. Not this week. It was the week before. I was supposed to meet someone for prayer, and then I was supposed to meet someone for lunch. And 9.30 and 11.30, and both times the person didn't show up. And I thought, well, that's, I'm feeling really popular now. I feel really good about myself. I've got to have some counseling to get through that. But I, but I ended up going back this week because we, we rescheduled our lunch date, went back. And while I was there, the, I ran into a guy that is, let's just say he has a lot more money than, than I do. And, and he sat down with me and we began to talk. This was not even a scheduled, my guy that I had lunch with, he had already left. And this was an unscheduled opportunity to listen to this man's story 
And he shared more with me in that particular probably 30-minute period of time than I knew that I'd ever known about this gentleman. And I would say his name, and a lot of you would know who he is. But he, he was sharing with me, and he shared with me, he goes, Brady, this, this new year I've decided to do something a little bit different. I've decided to tithe, like give my time to the Lord first thing in the morning by, by praying and praying a lot. And he shared with me like a seven-page, and this is on his his text, a seven-page prayer that he, that he tries to pray every single morning. And in that prayer, he's, he's reading it to me, and we're looking through it. And I had one of those, what? You too? You struggle with that as well? Like, this guy has more money than he'll ever know what to do with, but he struggles with fear and anxiety and um, s- low self-esteem. You know, like, am I valuable? Am I worthy? And all these things. I'm like, whoa, man, I... I, I can understand how that feels. Now, obviously, his anxiety has a few more zeros on the end of it, but it's the same kind of anxiety. He might even have more fear and worry because, you know, people wanting to take something or using him because of his money. Uh, I've not had that problem, but that's fine. But his, his issue is different, but yet it's the same. And from that conversation, there's some mutual edification that occurred. Like, I really felt just encouraged, and, you know, he felt encouraged as he walked away. We worshiped together through just reading this prayer, and then it challenged me to pray more. It challenged me to change my story, and, it, and it's, it's really had an effect on me. So it really does work, and I want to encourage you guys to, to look for those moments to have those conversations. Real quick, next week, next week we, have a, we have an opportunity to do baby dedications, and so a couple of people have approached me already, and if you have a little one that you have yet dedicated to the Lord, and in our church we don't baptize babies, we anoint them, we pray over them, and we dedicate them, but we dedicate you as a parent to raising your child to know Jesus. And so we're going to be doing that next week, and so if you, if you say, hey, I haven't done that, I would want to do that, you really need to let us know today. So Ginger, raise your hand. Ginger's right down here, okay? So you would want to see Ginger afterwards to make sure she gets, like, you are going to be here, what's your baby's full and correct spelling of their name, and then we can, uh, then that was what we'll do um, towards the beginning of the service next week. And next week, my friend Roy, right, Roy, raise your hand. Roy, Roy uh, loves Jesus, loves the Word of God, and he is going to share next week about God's will, like knowing more about God's will. So he's going to be sharing the message next week. I'm excited about that, and I'm excited about having a week off and getting a chance just to, to listen to my friend teach. All right, so Roy, you've got to bring it next week, all right? Start out with a confession about something you did, all right? Start out with it. It's good. So he's going to be talking about God's will. And I, this was another little joke. Come and find out if you're in it. Get it? God's will? Do you not get it? Like you have a will, don't you? Like stuff you're leaving behind, come and fill out. Your, anyway, you'll get it. Eventually, there you go, late laugh. Today, today we're going to jump in. We're going to jump into these things we're going to know, know more about in 2015. So someone wrote, I want to know more about uh, the connection between Jesus and the Old Testament. Jesus and the Old Testament. So the truth is you can find Jesus in every book of the Bible. Jesus is in every book of the Bible. The Old Testament points to the coming of Jesus the first four books of the New Testament, which are the Gospels, reveal Jesus' life, his, his ministry, his death, and his resurrection. All the books in between the Gospel of John all the way to the end, to the book of Revelation, they teach us how to live for Jesus, to live in this world that we're in. 
until we get to the end of the book when Jesus comes back, where the conclusion occurs. And so the, but all throughout Scripture, Jesus is there. Jesus fulfilled over 300 different prophecies about himself throughout Scripture. And it says that Jesus often quoted Scripture. Jesus quoted a lot of Scripture from the Old Testament. A lot of times he would quote the Ten Commandments. He would remind people, hey, remember this teaching. And then my favorite quote, though, for Jesus, from Jesus is when in Luke chapter 4, Jesus quotes Isaiah 61. He, he fulfills a prophecy in the hearing of the people there that day. And Jesus says, this is why I have come. The prophet Isaiah said this is what I would do. Now I am here to do it. And to me, it's such a powerful, powerful picture. The first five books of the Old Testament are called the Torah, or it may have been referred to as the Pentateuch, which means five books. So the first five books, the term Torah means instruction, and it offers, I want you to get this, the Torah would offer you a way of life. Like this is the way that you are to live for those who would choose to follow it. And it was his word to his people to, like I said, show them how to live. So interesting, turn to John chapter 1. John chapter 1. We'll spend, we're going to spend a little bit of time uh, in the New and the Old Testament, so we'll give you time to find it. John chapter 1, that is the last book of the four Gospels, the four stories of Jesus' life and ministry. So thinking about, thinking about this, this, this idea of Jesus... Um, Jesus being the word of God, okay, he is the Torah with skin. Jesus is the first five books of the Bible with flesh, and he comes to show us how to live. In the beginning was the word, that's talking about Jesus, and the word was with God, and the word was God, he was with God in the beginning. And through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Later on in John, Jesus calls himself the light of the world. In John fourteen six, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So Jesus is all over the first five books of the, of the Bible. And that's what we're going to jump in and look at today. So Genesis chapter 1, Jesus was with God in the beginning. We just read it in John chapter 1, but in Genesis 1, Jesus was with God in the beginning. Where in Genesis 1.26 it said, let us create man in our image. Not let me create man, but let us. And so we get a picture of the, the Trinity, the this, this sense of God, Father, Holy Spirit, in, in complete unity together, creating, making life occur. And Jesus was with God in the beginning. So we'll just roll through a little bit of this, and you just, you just think about this. And if you want to look at the passages of Scripture, some we'll stop and look at for a while, some we'll just breeze through. But the first indication other than Jesus is there when man was created in his image is in Genesis 3.15 there is a prophecy of Jesus the seed of 
of Eve crushing the head of Satan. So Genesis 3.15, we already start to see Jesus appear and that he will be the seed that will grow and he will crush the head of the enemy, bringing it in to the enemy's reign. Genesis 9, we see a blessing of, of Shem, which is a son of Noah. And from the line of Shem comes Abraham. Coincidence? I don't think so. Divinely inspired and divinely appointed, I believe. Abraham then becomes, obviously, the one God calls to become a great nation. And from that nation eventually comes who? Jesus. It's a powerful, powerful picture. So in um, Genesis chapter 12, you can't turn there real quick. Genesis 12, this is what it says. Genesis 12. The Lord God, this is right at the beginning, the Lord had said to Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. This is verse 2. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. Verse 3. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. All the peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. And that includes Jesus. And then there's a story in Genesis 22, where Abraham is, is challenged, his faith is challenged and tested when he is told that he is to take his son Isaac and offer him as a sacrifice before the Lord. Now this is a funny story this woman told me earlier this week. Uh, her husband's a pastor and they planted a church in Liberty. And she said when their oldest son, who is now a freshman in college, when he was just a young boy, they would read the Bible stories in, this, in books that had pictures. Anybody ever seen Bible stories with books that have pictures? And this story of Abraham and Isaac, there was a picture of, of Isaac being bound by his father and his dad standing before him with a knife. Now think about a little kid, just a little guy, like Peter's back there, my, my friend Peter. And just think about this young man, and he's reading, he's reading this story, and he sees this picture. And his, this, this woman said, our son was so, so um, mesmerized by this picture, they would find him in his room with the page open to the book, just staring at it. But then they walked in one day and they found him uh, with a toy tied up with a play knife above it. <laughs> like he was acting out the story. And then one day they found him with his little brother tied up with a toy knife, him acting out the story. And she was like, it was at that point we, we kind of questioned our parenting skills and thinking, should we expose him to these kind of things at an early age? Like telling him the truth of the story. But obviously the story is, is powerful because in this story, when Abraham is about ready to, to just be obedient to God and, and do something that I, as a father, I can't even possibly imagine, the angel of the Lord speaks to Abraham. And the angel of the Lord is what some scholars would call a Christophany. And that is, in a, that is a pre-incarnate visitation of Jesus on the earth in this particular case, through his voice saying, stop, Abraham, don't, don't, don't do it. And then, and then God provides the sacrifice. Instead of Isaac, he provides a ram. And then Jesus, that is like a foreshadowing of Jesus being the sacrifice for sin. 
So Jesus is there in a couple different pictures in that particular story. And that's just in the book of Genesis alone. How about in the book of Exodus? Exodus chapter 12. Exodus chapter 12 is the story of the Passover meal. And the people are still in captivity in Egypt. And they're, they're getting ready to be set free. And they give, they've, they've been given instructions by Moses to, to take a lamb, to, to sacrifice it, to eat it, to take the blood of the lamb and place it upon the door frames of their homes. So that the marking of the blood of the lamb will cause the plague of death that was to come later on that night to pass over their homes to not inflict them with that death. It's such a powerful picture. Such a powerful picture of Jesus who is described as the Lamb of God who has come to take away the sins of the world and through the shedding of his blood that is placed upon us, on our lives because of our faith in him so that the plague of death will pass over us. Such a powerful image. And you know what? Here's the deal. We celebrate that today by celebrating the Passover meal transformed by Jesus on the night before he was betrayed or the night he was betrayed. And we celebrate by taking juice that represents his blood and bread that represents his body. We, we partake in that same meal in a sense and celebrate the freedom that comes because of our faith in Jesus. Exodus chapter 12. It's not in order, but Deuteronomy chapter 5 and 6 is when we get the, the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments are given to the people. And then shortly after the Ten Commandments in chapter 5, then the, the great Shema of Israel is written, where we are to love the Lord our God with our heart, all of our hearts and our soul and our mind and our strength. And, and, and we, we're given this, this challenge. God's, God tells the people, Pray this prayer. Think about it every day. Um, keep it on your hearts. Talk with your children about it. Live this out. Love God with everything that you have. Do you know Jesus, when he is asked what the greatest commandment is, he tells them the Shema of Israel. He says, love the Lord your God with everything that you have. Do you know in the Ten Commandments, the first four are the vertical us and God. If you think about it, if you read them, it's about our relationship with God. The next six are the horizontal, how we relate to one another. And they're given in that order for a reason. And Jesus quoted them so many times, reminding people, hey, remember what Scripture says? Remember what it says about loving God first? Remember what it says about not murdering? But he always took it a little bit further and said, you know, you shouldn't even look at someone and hate them in your heart. Numbers 21. Numbers 21. Now this is, this is interesting. You can turn there. The book of Numbers. Numbers 21. This is verse 4 through 9. It says that they traveled from Mount Hor along the route to the Red Sea, to go around Edom. But the people grew impatient on the way. Speaks about us, doesn't it? <laughs> we, we, grew, we grow impatient on the way in this world that we're living in. They spoke against God and against Moses, and they said, why have you brought us 
up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness. There is no bread, there is no water, and we detest this miserable food. A lot of complaining, groaning going on, not content with what they have. And then the Lord sent venomous snakes among them, and they bit the people, and many Israelites died. The people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, we have spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord so that he will take the snakes away from us. So Moses prayed for the people. The Lord said to Moses, Make a snake and put it on a pole. Anyone who is bitten can look at it and live. So Moses made a bronze snake and put it on a pole. Then anyone who was bitten by a snake looked at the bronze snake and lived. You know what it says in John chapter 3? Right before the great John 3.16 passage. John 3.14 says, Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. Once again, a a picture of, of rescuing us from sure death. By looking unto Jesus, by believing in him. Leviticus chapter 16, and this is where we'll, we'll finish up. Now, if you've ever read the Bible all the way through, Roy and I were talking about this the other day. It's like, man, you get into Leviticus and you start getting into all the law and all the rules and all that stuff. You can really get bogged down. But there's some fascinating stuff. And I have, I have that's definitely a confession too. There have been times where I've just like breezed through some of the some of all of the genealogy things and some of the names. But when you do that, you miss out on the whole Shem, Abraham, David, and Jesus thing too. So you, sometimes you can find a lot in that. So in Leviticus chapter 16, it is the day of atonement. It's the day of the covering of the people's sin. Is what, the atone, what to atone means to cover So that's a good thing to think about. And in this story, in this story, it's interesting because because God gives instruction to Aaron how he is supposed to enter into the most holy place. He's supposed to offer a bull for his own sin and for the sin of his household. And then they took two goats and they cast lots and whichever, however the lots fell, one goat was chosen to be sacrificed for the sin of the people and the other goat was considered what they called the scapegoat have you ever heard that phrase before a scapegoat you know kind of what that what that means in this particular story it said that the priest would place his hands on the head of the goat and he would confess the sin of the people place it all upon the goat and then they would lead it outside the city into the wilderness to remove the sin from the people. Isaiah 53 says, The Lord has laid upon Jesus, on him, the iniquity of us all. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says that he who knew no sin became sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God. So the picture is Jesus is really both of those goats. He is the sacrifice for the sin of the people and he is the one who takes the sin upon himself and is taken outside of the city where he is crucified 
He removes the sin from the people. Jesus becomes our scapegoat. Powerful imagery. And in this teaching, it was talking about there's two things that must occur for atonement to happen. You need two things. You need a bold priest, someone who's willing to go on our behalf, and you need a blood sacrifice. Those two things must happen. And what is Jesus called in the book of Hebrews? If you just want to study and just be overwhelmed by the priesthood of Jesus and his sacrifice once for all people, just read the book of Hebrews. Jesus, the great high priest, goes before us and takes the sin upon himself, our sin, and he becomes the sacrifice once for all. We have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ. And because God was willing to make Jesus this atonement for our sin, we can approach God's grace and his throne with confidence. It's an amazing thought. Like We don't have to be afraid anymore to go before God because Jesus has gone before us already and already taken care of. He's paid the price so that we can then have access to the Father. Do you know... Jesus has taken on your sin and my sin. I know that's such a fundamental thought of of Christianity, but we need to hear it over and over again. Jesus has taken your sin. He was willing to take your sin because he loved you so much, and he was willing to take it to the cross outside the city where it would be nailed there. And because of that, this morning we can come to this table with boldness, with confidence. Not in shame, not in guilt, not feeling like, well, if I go, God will strike me down. No, but we can come with confidence this morning. So here's what I want you to do. Just want to take a few few moments, and if you've never been here before when we shared um, the Lord's Supper together, we, we do it in a sense of giving and receiving at the same time. So if you um, have come prepared to give today, then there'll be someone here to receive your offering. If, um, if not, that's fine too because, because we want you to come and receive. If you have a prayer request, just things that you want us to be, to be praying about and things that you want us to know about, please bring those at the same time. But I want you to close your eyes for a moment, and, and I want you to, to just consider what it is that I've been speaking about this morning, and considering what it is that Jesus is offering us. How Jesus is willing to appear in every single one of these books to draw our attention to our need, to our need for a Savior. And he's it. He was willing to take your sin so that you might become the righteousness of God. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're here this morning, you put your faith and your hope in this Jesus, then come. Come and receive Come and remember. Remember what it is that he's done for you and me.
And so my, my challenge to you today is, is maybe you've never looked to Jesus to experience the life that he offers. So I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that right now. The table's set and ready. So maybe right now you just need to, to just pray something like this. Father in heaven, I come to you this morning and I'm realizing my need for a Savior and, and now beginning to understand fully the price Jesus was willing to pay for me. Jesus, thank you for being bold and, and going into the most holy place and offering yourself as the sacrifice for my sin. Thank you for taking my sin upon you, Jesus, and then removing it from my life. I confess with my mouth that, Jesus, I, I need you to be my Lord instead of me trying to do it all on my own. I believe in my heart that, that, uh, that God raised you, Jesus, from the dead. And because of that, I can experience life, life that starts today, life that will last for eternity. Would you come, Lord Jesus, and, and meet me in this place? Would you save me? Make me alive. Thank you, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And if you prayed that prayer for the first time or you prayed it a hundred times, the table is for you to come. So here's how, here's how it works. You just come forward when you're ready. Which when you're ready, just come forward. Uh, if you have an offering to give, go ahead and give that. And then take a piece of bread, take a, take a cup, and then let's just spread out. And then when everybody is, has what the elements, then we'll receive them together. So come when you're ready. One of the neat things about getting to start a church is you get to do this kind of thing however you want to. <laughs> and I love the space that we have to be able to come all together and be here together as a family. So Jesus transforms the Passover meal, literally embodies the, the lamb that was slain. And he told his closest friends that night, he said, when you take this bread, you remember the body of Jesus being broken for you. And, um, you know, when I think about that, I think it helps me to not want to give up when this earthly body gets tired or when I get frustrated and, and I just want to give up sometimes um, Jesus didn't give up he went all the way to the cross and finished the work And so I want to encourage you to not grow weary in what it is that God's calling you to do right now in your life And as a dad, as a friend as a wife, as a um, girlfriend, whatever it is that the stage of life you're in right now Think about what Jesus endured for you so you don't grow weary in doing good. So when you take this bread, remember what Jesus has done for you. So take and eat. And then we're grateful that Jesus was willing to be that bold priest and that blood sacrifice. And so when we drink the juice, we remember the... Um, wholeness of his sacrifice where he's willing to give everything in order so that we might be clean so we might have eternal life so when you take this remember him so take and drink so God we praise you and we thank
thank you for the gift of the life that comes through Jesus. May it transform us as we walk out of this place. May we learn to see you in every area of our life. Like you're in every book, God. You're in every part of our story. Help us share that story with those who need it. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Just go ahead and put the cups on the table, and we'll throw them all away for you. And so bless you. Thanks for being here today. And uh, if you have a little one and you're thinking about the, the baby dedication piece, if you don't want to do it next week, that's fine. We can do it a following month or whatever. But see Ginger back there. That way she can make sure we have, have all the information that we need. All right. Bless you guys.